This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. With me now is Philip Saunders, who is the Head of Multi-Asset Growth at Investec Asset Management in London. Philip, the working title for this podcast is The Last Hurrah. And the reason I wanted to talk to you was because last night in the United States of America, the Dow Jones rallied suddenly. After a terrible May, it rallied by 500 points plus in one day. The S&P vaulted its way through 2,800. The Nasdaq got back all the losses that it incurred last week because of antitrust measures against Alphabet, the parent of Google, etc., But I just wonder if this is the last hurrah, because it smacked to me of the bears throwing in the towel, and that usually means that something's going to happen. And I noticed that the S&P, having been up 20 points as we pre-record this interview this morning, is now only up around about six or seven. It's got a funny feeling about it. Am I being too fanciful? No, I don't think you're being too fanciful. I think that, you know, we've obviously seen, you know, quite we saw a strong rally since the beginning of the year. Then we've seen sort of this sort of quite vicious setback as sort of expectations of sweetness and light on the trade front basically evaporated. And I think, you know, we're in a sort of fairly sort of febrile environment. Obviously, the bond market, you know, is assuming that the Fed's going to have to cut rates fairly aggressively in the not too distant future. And there's all this talk about, you know, inverting yield curves and so forth. And which quite often basically are not a good sign in terms of sort of foreshadowing uh, recessions. But then obviously Powell makes a speech about in in which he sort of indicates that, uh, you know, if things cut up really rough on the trade front and there are threats to growth, that, you know, the Fed is going to respond to that, which, you know, I basically have no doubt that they, uh, they will do that. So despite the fact that, um, and recent, obviously, economic, macroeconomic evidence in the States, you know, the US economy still growing and so forth, but it's decelerating. And obviously, the um, ADP employment numbers that came out today, you know, dramatically lower, the lowest since 2010. Yes. You know, that's, you know, effectively, if that represents basically a shelving away of growth, you know, because you've got the fiscal stimulus, Trump's fiscal stimulus you know, that, that the impact of that is abating rapidly now and uh, other world economies are basically sort of fairly anemic um, and, you know, US growth is clearly decelerating. The debate is really, is this just a soft patch or is this something more serious than that? So there's quite a lot of things for, for the market to be concerned about. But, you know, the, the market was had become very short and so vulnerable to a squeeze uh, and lo and behold, you know, the the, uh, the sort of, you know, Powell statements and so forth, you know, you know, provided some sort of solace on the uh, on the liquid liquidity front, which, uh, you know, caused traders to, uh, if you like, take profits on their sort of short position. So yes. I think it's highly technical at the moment. Yes, indeed. It did smack of short covering, as I said in my introduction. But you've had two really good calls. Well, I, well, actually, one really, really good call. And that was you thought there would be a melt up when everyone was calling the end of the market 
all throughout 2018, starting with the February wobble and then continuing with the December disaster, 9% down on the S&P. You have always said there would be a melt-up. There has been a sort of a melt-up, I suppose. That's your first good call. But the other call you've been making, <laughs> the other call you've been making is for recession. And suddenly, with the ADP private sector employment data from the United States, which was really quite a shock, and coupled with, okay, an ISM number from the United States, but still above 50, it does sort of point to something happening. And with the Fed having done a magnificent U-turn from December when they were going to be raising rates, or rather the market participants thought they would be raising rates by two, maybe three times of 25 basis points each during 2019, suddenly there's going to be one or two cuts. It sort of engenders the feeling with me of Number one, confusion, but then I'm I'm often confused. But secondly, volatility. Volatility at best. Yes, I mean, I think that literally we are in this sort of volatile, probably at least sort of sideways market, you know, where you have panic attacks and rallies and so forth. I don't think a recession is baked in the cake, but the sort of balance of risks has sort of clearly shifted in that direction. And, you know, if uh, the trade talks really are you know, they really have broken down and that, you know, you're going to see the hawks on both sides, both in China and also in in the States being sort of let off the leash, uh, then that, you know, again, is going to impact sort of, you know, business decisions, you know, business management sort of decisions and so forth at a time uh, when global growth, you know, has, you know, well, global trade, clearly the global trade numbers are, are have been have been weak, uh, so you know we're in this vulnerable environment whereby basically, um, you know, if a few accidents happen along the way, then that basically could sort of change things. So, but at the moment, basically, we've got the equity markets pricing one thing, which is you know okay, it's a bit sideways, but this is another soft patch uh, that we'll get through with a little help from our friends at the Fed, mm. um, and then the bond market, which is saying basically. We needed interest rate reductions and we need interest rate reductions, you know, of a material amount from the Fed. And we need them sort of, you know, maybe not the next meeting, but the one after that onwards. So we've got this dichotomy in markets, which uh, uh, which is going to be resolved one way or the other. A couple of indicators that really have stood out for me in the last few days has been the weakness of the US dollar and the, re- and the resultant performance of the price of gold in US dollars. I mean, the gold price now currently at $13.41, two weeks ago, is $50 below that. And I know, having spoken to you and your colleagues over the last year or so, you've had a little bit, of, you've always mentioned the gold price, and you've always mentioned having a little bit of your money in, in gold. And I just wonder if that is coming to fruition now. In other words, sure. the, the performance that you were expecting has come to fruition, and if you are still keen on it. Yeah. So, well, we've literally added further to our gold exposure and we've as you as you know we've been flagging it um, for a while now uh, we think it behaved you know really pretty well relative to a stronger dollar in the first part of this year you know so it consolidated its sort of uh, rebound from its sort of rather beaten up levels of last year and you know this is this is logical on two fronts it's logical because uh, the interest rate differential negatives you know with the fed basically clearly um, you know, having wanted to put interest rates up to sort of probably somewhere closer to 3% while they were basically reducing their balance sheet, 
that the change of policy that was indicated earlier on in the year obviously uh, foreshadowed the fact that basically interest rate differentials were not going to sort of you know get much worse for, from a sort of, because obviously gold yields nothing and so therefore high interest rates are the sort of big enemy of gold. We also felt that we were sort of in a sort of volatile transitional period in markets where there were a lot of uncertainty about growth and there was a lot of uncertainty about the relationship between China and the US. And obviously that's the most important sort of sort of macroeconomic relationship. So, you know, in a sort of volatile environment like that, uh, where interest rate differentials were sort of reducing or real interest rates were coming down, that was fairly conducive for gold. Uh, and it also suggested that uh, uh, the, the dollar strength was likely to ebb. And, and I think that basically the dollar's, you know, dollar's been weak very recently, having been pretty firm before that. Um, but, uh, but, but again, you know, as that interest rate differential support reduces, uh, then the sort of you know, dollar dominance potentially gets undermined. So, yeah, we think that... Uh, and the other thing, of course, is that basically, obviously, the long end of the Treasury market is rallied like crazy. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, we think that that move, you know, is probably pretty much done. And so we're looking for other defensive exposure to sort of move exposure that we've been, we've had, you know, we felt that being long duration was a better trade than being long gold uh, until until you know very recently. Now we think that uh, it's right to be taking profits to be reducing sort of longer maturity bond exposure, uh, probably increasing short end bond exposure. Interestingly, uh, but 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 again, basically moving some of that exposure into gold. I gave you credit for your melt-up call. I didn't give you credit for your gold call. I forgot about that. Your recession call, as you said, it's not yet baked in the cake, the US economy cake, that is, that there will be a recession. But given the evidence of the last few weeks and given the complete flip-flop turnaround from the US Federal Reserve, it probably is going to happen. How are you positioning yourself apart from the gold exposure that you've already referenced to? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, we think that certainly a period of below trend growth in the US is probably baked in the cake. How markets react to that are going to depend on obviously the you know, Fed policy, um, because it's not just a question of weakness, it's how weak. Yes. Obviously, a period of below trend growth is much more benign from an equity perspective, particularly in an environment of reducing interest rates and improving liquidity. Um, and potentially improving international growth than a self-feeding recession, you know, the U.S. hitting a sort of U.S. economy hitting some kind of stall speed. Uh, and, you know, once a recession starts to unfold, you know, you get a number of things reinforcing themselves. And, and that that's, uh, results in an earnings recession. And obviously, that's not really brilliant uh, if you've got long equity positions. So we've added to equity exposure um, to take advantage of the excessive weakness um, in December. We then obviously had the uh, evidence of Chinese economic stabilization on the one hand, the Fed's shift in policy on the other, uh, which which meant that we were sort of comfortable being being long. But we, you know, as soon as we were aware that, you know, you know, A, looking at how bonds were performing and B, looking at uh, uh, the sort of rhetoric um, or the sort of the trade narrative re- returning back returning back to sort of trade wars rather than trade truces or agreements, you know, that was a trigger to actually take profits and increase defensive exposure. And we're in that kind of environment. So I think that, uh, 
you know, volatile sideways market for equities for now until we get a bit more clarity about uh, whether or not, for example, the kind of data that we've had out today, you know, is real and we've hit a tipping point and basically we're going into a sort of sharper growth deceleration, possibly recession. Philip, thank you very much for your insight. Philip Saunders is the head of multi-asset growth at Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.